Well, this morning we continue with our series in 1 Timothy. This is week number five, and for those of you who are visiting with us this morning, we've been working through the book of 1 Timothy, and we are now in week number five. And in particular, we're in chapter two of 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter two, and we're going to be looking at verses nine through 15 together this morning. Now, the purpose of 1 Timothy is recorded for us in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. So here, here is the purpose. Paul says that the reason he wrote 1 Timothy is this. He says, I wrote 1 Timothy so that people will know how to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. So based on verse 15 there from chapter 3, what we find out regarding 1 Timothy, that 1 Timothy is kind of an instruction manual. Uh, It is a book that is to guide the church on how to act and live as the church. You see, the church consists of people. And since the church is made up of people, we need to learn how to relate to one another. We as people need to know what God expects from each one of us as a member or an attender of the church. You see, we need to understand what our roles are as people when it comes to God's church and especially here, the local church. So to help us understand our roles and our responsibilities, Here in chapter 2 this morning, we get to address the ladies. And uh, Paul has some things, some counsel to say to the ladies about how they are to conduct themselves in the church. And so we're going to read that passage at this time. That passage is, again, is 1 Timothy chapter 2. And we're going to look at verses 9 through 15. So again, here's Paul's instruction to the ladies of the church. I also want women to dress modestly, with decency and propriety, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or expensive clothes, but with good deeds appropriate for women who profess to worship God. A woman should learn in quietness and full submission. I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man. She must be silent. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not the one deceived. It was the woman who was deceived and became a sinner. But women will be saved through childbearing if they continued in faith, love, and holiness with propriety. Well, here ends the reading of our passage this morning. Uh, Since we have been uh, busy this morning, we've had, of course, communion, and we've had the wonderful privilege of uh, dedicating Malcolm, our time is disappearing very quickly here. And so I have decided to break up this section of verses that I just read for you into two sections, all right? So at this time, I'm going to speak and address verses 9 and 10, which says this, I also want women to dress modestly with decency and propriety not with braided hair or golds or pearls or expensive clothes, but with good deeds 
appropriate for women who profess to worship God. So those are the verses that we're going to focus on at this time. The verses in 11 through 15 that talk about ladies being quiet and not having authority over men and stuff like that, we're going to address that at another time. Uh, I was going to address it next week, but next week, of course, is Mother's Day, so that's going to be a wonderful Sunday as we gather together here. And so we won't address it at that time, but in two weeks, the week after Mother's Day, we'll be talking about what in the world do those verses mean, okay? Verses 11 there where it talks about, you know, women are to be quiet and submissive. Uh, they're not to teach and so forth. What in the world does the Apostle Paul, the guy who wrote this, what is he talking about? What is he referring to? Well, we'll get to that in two weeks. So there's just a, maybe a, a little uh, baiting there for you to get back here and listen as we tackle this particular issue, okay? But today we're just going to talk about uh, the first, uh, the other two verses, verses 9 and 10, where he talks about dress, okay? Talking about proper and decent dress and uh, fashion, if you will. Norma Labai of La Mesa, California, was browsing in the ladies' department one day with her son, who was just learning to read. Her son was just learning to read. While trying to read all the signs that he could, he came upon one of the signs in the maternity department. And he says, look, Mom, he said excitedly as he pointed to that sign, they're even making clothes for eternity now. Well, verses 9 and 10 here that we'll be looking at definitely have something to say about proper dress. And the reason that Paul wants to talk about proper dress because uh, Paul here, he's concerned about eternity. Uh, believe it or not, how we behave, how we act, even how we dress can have an impact on eternity. Now, as we seek to understand verses 9 and 10 here, uh, the meaning of the Scripture uh, we as Bible st students here need to approach the Bible with some established principles. Um, these are the principles that guide us in handling and understanding God's Word. And I want to share with you these, some principles at this time. Um, these are the principles that we will apply in order to understand verses 9 and 10. So here's principle number one. Principle number one is this. The Bible and all that it says is true. Okay? God's word is true. Therefore, the Bible is to be our guide as well as final authority in how we practice and demonstrate our faith. So, number one, principle one, God's word, the Bible, is true. Principle number two, the Bible was written to a specific culture. The Bible was written to a specific people at a specific time, and in a specific location. So here this morning, as we look at 1 Timothy, uh, 1 Timothy was uh, written, of course, first of all, to Timothy, but Timothy was pastoring a church in Ephesus, okay? So this Bible was written to a group of people in Ephesus, and their culture was different. But we need to keep that in mind, that their culture was different, and we'll talk about that a little bit more so as we proceed on, okay? So culture is important. Now, here's principle number three. Although written to a specific people at a specific time and a specific culture, the Bible has biblical truth 
that transcends. Okay, that's key. The Bible has biblical truth that transcends the culture of that day and applies to each one of us. All right? That's important to remember, too. So God's word is true, principle number one. Principle number two, the Bible was written to a a specific culture, a specific people at a specific time. That is true. But even though that is true, there are spiritual, biblical, true principles that transcend culture and apply to us today. Now, with those principles of interpretation in mind, we come to verses 9 and 10. Now, from a casual reading of verses 9 and 10, it is obvious that there is an issue in the church there regarding how women were dressing and um, uh, accessorizing their outfits. All right? So that is the problem. There's a problem with dressing and how they were accessorizing their outfits. Now, we need to ask this question. Why was this an issue at the church of Ephesus? I mean, what's up with the dressing and stuff, as well as the jewelry and so forth? Why is this an issue? Why, why is Paul speaking against this at this time? Well, let's explore this. We need to get into the culture, okay? So we pursue the culture. The culture at this time in Ephesus, where this church is, the culture at that time was very known for the worship of Artemis. This is a cultic practice that is taking place in Ephesus, the worship of Artemis. Artemis was a fertility god. She was probably the most worshipped deity of that time, all right? The worship of Artemis. Now, the populace, the people of that day, were attracted to this worship of Artemis for these reasons. Artemis promised fertility long life, and sexual fulfillment, all right? The worship of Artemis promised fertility, long life, and sexual fulfillment. As a result, there were elements of sexual impurity associated with this cultic worship, all right? Consequently, various aspects of this impurity, remember, again, they, they were attracted to this worship because of sexual fulfillment, sexual expression, on and on it goes. And because of that, uh, there was some impurity involved, and this impurity crept into the church. Crept into the church. Now, we're not told, but we can imagine and we can probably guess pretty accurately that if the church is doing its job, if the church is reaching out to people and presenting the gospel and explaining how there is forgiveness of sins through faith in Jesus Christ and that you can become a new creation as you live and follow Jesus Christ, that gospel no doubt penetrated the hearts of certain people and people who were worshiping Artemis. And so they gave up that cultic practice and worship, and they moved from the cultic worship to the church. But as you know, when you move as a new person into a new situation as a church, you bring with you practices that you assumed were no big deal at the time, okay? No big deal. 
And that's what we have happening here when these individuals come into the church. Well, evidently, there was a fashion trend set by this cultic practice that carried over into the church. And based on 1 Timothy there, chapter 2, verse 9, this fashion trend was not modest, it was not decent, and it was not in good taste. The dress of that day communicated something other than purity and holiness and devotion to God. So that's the problem that's taken place. The trend, the fashion trend that came from the cultic practice of worshiping Artemis was not decent. Their dress was not decent. Their fashion was not modest. Okay? It was not in good taste. And perhaps maybe an example to help us kind of maybe get a picture of this is to uh, think back to the good old cowboy western story, okay? Or a cowboy western show, Gunsmoke, or something like that. Uh, the saloon girls, okay, you know the saloon girls. You knew the saloon girls by the way that they dressed, right? Remember that? How they dressed? I mean, how they dressed communicated something. It communicated something. Now imagine a church with a number of saloon girls still dressed as saloon girls trying to worship God. And the rest of the people are looking around going, whoa, 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 okay? What do we got going here, all right? Now that should give you a little bit of a flavor of what's going on at this church here in Ephesus. And now you begin to understand why Paul is addressing the church, okay? Paul is saying, okay, saloon gals, ooh, this is causing a stir. We need to dress in a different manner. Now, having communicated a prohibition against this improper dress in verse 9, Paul follows that prohibition with a do. Okay? First he says, I do not want you to dress this way, but here's what I want you to do. And he says that in verse 10. Here's what he wants you to do. I want you guys, you ladies, you know, who have come out of that cultic practice of worshiping Artemis, here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to dress as you once did. Rather, what I want you to do is focus on good deeds that are appropriate for women who profess to worship God. That's what he wants them to focus. He wants them to focus on good deeds. He wants them to have a different attitude. Now, this attitude or this different way of looking or living life is... Uh, when we gain a little more insight into that, when we look at another Bible passage, here's 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 and 4. And this passage sheds some light on, rather than focusing on outer beauty, which is kind of the saloon girl mentality, if you will, which was also the Artemis uh, cultic practice. They were all wrapped up in outward. Paul says, focus on the inward. And here's what 1 Peter 3 says. Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your husbands so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. Your beauty should not come from the outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather... It should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. So Paul says, okay, 
Don't dress like you used to dress when you were practicing this Artemis worship, this cult worship. Don't, don't, don't dress like that, but rather, let's change your dress, and here's what you need to focus on. Focus on an inner beauty, okay? Focus on an inner beauty, gentleness, and, and a quiet spirit, and, you know, that kind of an attitude which is of great value in God's eyes. And so that's what's taking place here, okay? 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verses 9 and 10. The prop, improper dress, which was being uh, transferred from the cult practice into the church. And it wasn't working very well. So now we need to talk about, we've been talking about culture, okay? What was going on in Ephesus at this time. Uh, now we want to talk about how we can apply this passage. Remember, uh, God's word is true. Uh, God, uh, when he wrote the word, he did address a specific people at a specific time, in a specific place. So we're talking about culture. That is very true. But even though there is culture involved, there is a divine truth, a principle that transcends the culture. Meaning there is something from 1 Timothy here, from back in Ephesus, that we can apply to our life. So we're going to look at that right now. So we're talking about transcending the culture with a principle or a truth. That's applicable today. So what is that biblical principle for us? Well, here's number one. Number one is an understanding. We need to have this understanding when it comes to this passage. This scripture that we have just studied together, verses 9 and 10, is not a prohibition against the kinds of hairstyles or the certain kinds of jewelry or the nice clothes you may be wearing, okay? This, Paul here is not slamming, okay? how you are dressing or how you uh, fix your hair or the jewelry you are wearing, okay, ladies? He's not slamming that. He's not coming against that, okay? God, understand this. God is not opposed to your beauty, okay? God is not opposed to your beauty. That's understanding number one. Understanding number two is this. God is opposed to how you use your beauty, that's where he is opposed. He is opposed to how you use your beauty. Ladies, you are very powerful in how you dress. Okay? You can be very, very powerful in your dress style. Uh, come with me. Let's go back in some time. Let's go back to the 60s. Mini skirts, remember? Okay? I got some stuff here I gleaned from uh, Wikipedia a little bit. Uh, this is what uh, was shared. Extremely short skirts, some of as much as eight inches above the knee, were observed in Britain in the summer of 1962. The young women who wore these short skirts were called yaya girls, a term derived from yeah, yeah, what was popular among the catcalls the men were firing out, okay? The earliest known reference to the miniskirt is a humorous uh, 1962 article, Dateline Mexico City, and describing the miniskirt or the yaya as a controversial item of clothing that was the latest thing on the production line there. So as this article goes on and talks, it shares that much of this article, now here's where I want you to really tune in, much of the article described the reactions of men, 
Okay, we're talking about the miniskirt. Much of this article described the reactions of men who were said to be, now listen, this is important, who said, these men said to be in favor of the fashion on young women to whom they were unrelated, but they opposed it on their own wives, fiancés, and daughters. Okay? Why did these men oppose this style of dress? Well, man, we know why, don't we? We know why. We know why, where, where that dress will take our thoughts. We know what that sight of that tight skirt, will, how it will stimulate us, right? That's why... Maybe jokingly we'll say, oh, that's all right if so-and-so wears it. I'm looking at something very nice. But I don't want my wife, I don't want my daughter, I don't want my step-daughter uh, or my nieces and nephews. I don't want, not nephews, but <laughs> nieces. I don't want them wearing that. Well, maybe it will be nephews too. I don't know. We're not supposed to go there. where God doesn't want us to go there. But, God, man, we know that, don't we? Don't we? And uh, ladies... Uh, you know, if, if you wrestle with this, just talk to dad, talk, talk to husband. And guys, just be candid and be honest about it, you know. It's not, nothing to be bashful about. God created you as a visual being, okay. You are visual, and that's how God created you. But uh, Satan knows what, how visual things can really dominate our life. That's why pornography is a big, big, big industry, right? It's all based on sight. just sucks us in, captivates us holds us, gets us addicted. Um, and so, well, anyhow, the early church, back to Ephesus once again, the early church had its yaya girls. Okay, that's what was going on in the church of Ephesus here, the yaya girls, or the saloon girls, if you will. And the dress was distracting from the worship service. Instead of men raising up Holy hands, as Joseph talked about last week, instead of man lifting up holy hands, indicating purity of heart, they couldn't do that because of the young lady down the row who had the low-cut shirt that was revealing things. Man, that just captivated the attention at that time, and God took a back seat real fast. That's why I say, ladies, you have so much power. You do, you do. And God's not against beauty. Us men will quickly say, hey, we're not against beauty at all. But when it comes to the context of the church, you know, we need to be discreet. We need to exercise propriety. Uh, why? Because we reflect God. Were we not created in his image? Yes, we were. We reflect God. That's why he says, ladies, be careful on how you dress because you have the power to alter spirituality and the temperament of a church service. You have that much power. Let's pray. God, thanks again for the challenge that we received from your word. Lord, I just thank you so much for the ladies of our lives. God, we, we, we treasure them, Lord. They are so important to us. And I just pray that you would encourage them. May they realize that they have a significant role in our spiritual development. 
And it's as simple as just wearing proper clothes. God, thank you for them. Thank you for our time in your word. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.